It's Easter. Welcome to Knowledge Bombs, Episode 3, April 17th, Easter Sunday. We're not going to be talking about the resurrection of Christ, though, are we, Haas? Uh, no, today we're actually going to be talking about unions, specifically unions at three of the biggest companies in the world, Amazon, Apple, and Starbucks. Mm, I had a really good joke I could have queued up there, but I didn't have an opening. Uh, Let's say marital unions. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a hot topic. Amazon yeah. uh, successfully unionized one of their uh, warehouses, right? Yeah. And Starbucks and Apple are trying. Yeah. And surprisingly enough, it was the Amazon warehouse in the worst borough of New York City, Staten Island. Um, that's debatable, but um, <laughs> there's certainly merit to that argument. My hometown. Yes. Um, which is ironic because, you know, unions are traditionally considered a very leftist thing. And Staten Island yeah. is the, the red stronghold in New York City. So. Yeah interesting no yeah you know what and what's i think the big thing about unions is the idea that in places like new york city here new jersey we have a strong union history so compared to other parts of the country and that's why this union was the, probably the first one to succeed for amazon is when your neighbors have been in a union and they say hey unions are good here's the benefits i got it makes you want to join too so it helps out there right uh, so i'm not surprised even though staten island unions are considered a little bit more of a uh left leaning uh well historically yeah. today it's weird i mean yeah. the whole political climate's weird but um you know it's uh you know, just to, to give people a quick rundown on the history of unions, not without going into like the history, history, unions were a big thing in this country going back to what, like the 1910s, 1920s. A lot of that started, came out of the famous book, The Jungle by Upton Sinclair, uh, which was about food, uh, food packing plants in, um, Chicago, I think it was. That didn't lead directly to the rise of unions, but it led to OSHA worker protections and, you know, Yada yada yada. Unions came out of that. Unions were very strong in this country. Also, the railroads, right? All that stuff. Unions were very strong in this country uh, up until the Reagan era, pretty much. That's what that was like the death knell for them. Um, without getting you know too political about that, but uh, you know it's what a lot of people who look at the good old days, quote unquote, of America and the prosperity we had in the fifties and sixties, the period of American exceptionalism. A lot of that was because of you know unions. Um, a lot of criticisms of unions is that it creates inefficiencies in the workplace and, you know, uh, the the pro side, obviously, is worker protections. Yeah. You know, I guess the question is, you know, how to strike that balance. But that's a whole yeah. show we could do on its own. And, you know, it's a little bit more political in nature, which we want to try and avoid here. But, um, yeah, yeah, so why is uh, – why don't we do this first? What's, uh, what's the significance of the Amazon union? Like why – you know, why is it such a big deal? Yeah, I mean, the big deal is that Amazon has a lot of warehouses, right? right. So they, so unions generally are, uh, in this case, the unions are based on the individual location, which is an individual warehouse. So it start, it's starting right. with this specific Amazon warehouse in Staten Island. It's a big deal because that first victory towards unionization helps kind of establish what are the kind of compensation and benefits that employees can get after they're done negotiating with Amazon. Right. And that's if Amazon doesn't do anything like decide because they do have the power to and just that's shut down collect- that warehouse. Right. And that's the term collective bargaining exactly. where we hear that. That's, you know, yeah. idea being, you know, bargaining as a unit. Yeah. So. And, and that's where, and I think just to take a step back is that's the strength ultimately of a union. 
which is why do people, right. you know, why do unions exist in the first place? You mentioned a really important thing, which is the idea of worker safety. Right. Today, we have things for unions or we have motivations for unions that are a little bit different. Uh, I mean, I think there so is still Amazon does still have some worker safety concerns. So I mean, let me just cut in there just to clarify a point. One of the reasons why I think in today's climate and correct me if you think I'm wrong, you, I, you disagree, um, was, is that back in the day when the whole, you know, workers rights thing started, there was no OSHA. There was very little nope. by way of legislative and, you know, political protection for workers bare safety oh, yeah. working hours you know minimum age to work and things like that so now you know and i think it's an interesting point that the sh- the focus of unions has shifted because there's a lot in place legislatively um you know and administratively by way of policies and things like that administrative policies aren't necessarily you know legislative yeah. laws but that do protect workers <clears throat> that do create you know uh requirements for your workplace safety and things like that so yeah. just want to clarify that's why that's you know yeah no, it's big. things like healthcare benefits. I mean, right. you know, and I think you brought up something raises. That, yeah. And you brought up something really interesting, which is the idea that if companies are left to their own devices, I think it's a little bit different today because the news and, uh, you know, the idea that certain that people can create pressure on a company to do the right thing through media, there is something interesting there, but child labor laws, right? <laughs> just, just but that's, that's an interesting point you bring up, hire though. hire 10-year-olds if they had the, if of they were course. allowed to. That's an interesting point you bring up, though, because, you know, there is social pressure on companies to do good, right? Yes. Of course there is. But the thing is, that's more reactionary, I think, to PR yes. crises, right? As opposed to creating a culture that is just conducive to people thriving, to people, you know, when I say people, I mean workers being stable, secure, things like that. So, you know, I I don't, it's one of those things I don't think we can necessarily leave up to the free market for that purpose. I'm not saying unions are definitely the answer. You know, we're not here to have those kind of debates, but you know, that that's an important distinction, I think. Yeah, no, and it is because thanks to unions, there are, if you're in a union, oftentimes you'll have a guaranteed annual raise, right? Which means if you're with the company for a certain number of years, you know, your money, your income is going to go up. Uh, you know, the benefits is a really big thing. They'll negotiate on your behalf to give right. you better health care benefits. Vacation time. Vacation time. time yeah. Things like that. And there's a lot of times where people have the perspective that unions can have a negative impact on a company's profit margins. Right. And so they're considered a bad thing. For a long time, unions were blamed for the demise of the automotive industry. Right. Because they didn't allow the American manufacturers to have as big a profit margin as they might have wanted. Right. Which is again, I love gonna, how right, but I mean that's that's a very American thing to tie the demise of an industry to the lack of profit margin at the top. Yeah. But I, you know, I think there were other things too, oh, like absolutely. the costs at at a certain point, and you could attribute this to the unions. The costs of American cars at a certain point were insane for the quality you were getting when compared to Japanese cars. Absolutely. Now I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think I don't think there there's such a thing in theory as an American car or a Japanese car because. Every car is assembled in the country it's sold in, and almost every manufacturer sells in every country. Oh, yeah. So it's really just a matter of where that company pays taxes, yeah. you know. But, you know, the, the important thing, too, and, you know, I think there's a problem with the way people think, right? Because of, let's just say for a second, it was the union policies of the automotive unions that led to the downfall of the industry, right? That doesn't mean that unions in and of themselves, right, yeah. are the problem, 
it's like anything else. Unions, in theory, can be and probably generally are good, but specific unions may take too much and may not consider the balance needed between, you know, workers' benefits like long-term retirement things and things like that to balance against the flexibility a company needs to operate. And I think that was a big problem with the the cost of carrying the car unions was these unions negotiated such great retirement packages that the automotive manufacturers had very little flexibility for decades after yeah. these workers were even retired. So, you know, I and I think that's an important distinction too to make that just because a union may have been bad to a specific industry at a certain time, right. it doesn't mean that unions conceptually are the problem. Like anything else, it needs to be done in a strategic way that considers all purposes. Yeah. You know, so and I think that's why we get so divisive in our dialogue in this country. It's either unions, all unions are good in and of themselves, or unions, all unions are bad in and of themselves. And it's like, well, no, like there could be unions that go bad, that are run poorly, that don't consider all things. And there are unions that could be good and the companies that could be good, that could be bad. So, you know, that's a big part of the problem, I think, especially around unions, a lot of misinformation around that because of that problem, I think. No, it's fascinating because I think we, unions in some parts of the country do have a bad rep. There right. are, you know, one of the over the summer there was the baseball players union and the base the owners of the major league baseball. They had. And it's a, funny p- people that need the least uh, yeah. workers protection <laughs> have it. Well, have the strongest unions well, probably. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, they the well, no, well, the baseball players union I think is probably the worst union out of all the major sports. Of the major unions. sports, so it's probably right. one of the best unions out of all the jobs. Right? No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, you know. I mean, you're talking there, but it's but it there were there was a lot of strife there, and I took notice of the fact that listening to sports radio, a lot of people were anti-players, anti-unions, right? right? They're not seeing the idea of workers' rights, right? And this isn't about... You know, you're talking, in that context, you're talking sports fans were anti-players. On, yeah, they were anti-players, anti-unions. you know, kind of just forgetting the idea that, hey, every single person deserves the right, at least in my opinion, deserves the right to negotiate and have a wage that's fair for their market. Right. Sports unions are a whole different animal. Right. But it just gives you an idea of the perspective and kind of the temperature in the country because and it was an eye opener for me because we're based and, you know, based being based in the New York, New Jersey area. Unions to me, I'm like, I would have loved to have a union job if I could. Yeah. Let me tell you, man, there's some people that are killing it in unions. And, you know, it's one of those things when I was in college or, you know, coming out of high school, my parents, you know, didn't really push those kinds of jobs. But, dude. Some of those people are fucking banking it. You know, there's, I don't want to mention his name, but there's one guy that, you know, we know um, that we may actually do an episode with at some point or I may do something else with him. But, you know, yeah, he, you know, those union jobs are it's Amazing. there's a reason why the quote unquote American dream as we knew it in the 40s, 50s, 60s came to be realized by that. Yeah. And it was also, I think, one of the large and this is indisputable. I mean, any yeah. no matter your views of unions today. You can't argue the fact that the reason why we had less income inequality in the 50s and 60s, let's not even say unions, because that's divisive, was because workers were paid better, whatever the reason is, workers had more security, whatever the reason is, and that definitely helped keep things like inflation down and things like that. No, I think, and imagine a job, 
right? And this is for me, this is what I always kind of think about when I think about a union job. Imagine a job where you're working only 40 hours a week, right? Right. That was big for me because I would be amazing. Once, once I got salaried, I was putting in 50, 60, yeah. 70, 80 hours a week at times, right. right? I remember working hourly for my dad, you know, wanting to get more hours, <laughs> right? And then, you know, you have that. And then having mandated breaks where when you're working, they say, hey, you're going to be, you're allowed to take 15 minutes to yourself every few Not hours. even allowed. You have to. You have to. Right. right. That's it. Same thing with vacation time. Same thing with health insurance, with raises, having all those things in there. And then add to it a layer of security right. where you can't just get fired because the company decides they want to lay people off or they right. can't just fire you because the boss doesn't like your hairstyle. Right, right. Right. You have protections. So when you imagine a job like that, it sounds wonderful. And that's, you but know, for people like us, the big downfall there is you can't just negotiate a raise because you were a great fucking employee over the yeah. last year. No, you know what I mean? Like there are plenty. And, and I'm, listen, and that's, not, a, that's actually there are really good to know because I was, I was kind of wondering, but there are certain jobs you're not going to do that, but there are certain jobs you're not going to do that. Like right. the, the Amazon warehouse workers where it's a, a low, low skilled position, they're not going to be able to go, Hey, I was the best forklift operator here. Now I want right. 35 bucks an hour as opposed to 17. Then be like, okay, go fuck yourself and find someone else who could drive the right. forklift. And that's you know, which so th- th- that's why I also think there are certain jobs where it is more necessary or not. Um, yeah. And I think here with these, the, the kind of recent surge in unions, right. it's interesting because you think about, you know, the three companies that we're going to talk about today, Amazon, Apple and Starbucks. Mm. Those are some of the biggest companies in the world. Apple is a trillion dollar company. A trillion dollars. Right. That is massive. I, yeah, That's I heard their cash reserves are bigger than the GDP of yeah. uh, a lot of countries. Yeah. So the size of these companies, and then we're talking, we're not talking about the engineers there. We're not right. talking about, you know, like it, it would be great to be an amp. Apple engineer. I think that's a wonderful job. I don't know. I'm sure it's one of the most sought after jobs in Silicon Valley. Yeah, absolutely. But we're talking about, in this case, it's the retail workers in the Grand Central, uh, the store in Grand Central Station in New York City. So just in case anybody doesn't know, I know Steve and I are familiar with it. Uh, Grand Central Station is a train station in New York City. It's one of the most famous ones in the world. Within it, it's so big. Is that the Cube? The apple so it's shaped like the that cube? Is, that is it, right. yeah. No, no, no. That's the one on Lincoln Center, I think. Okay, right. Yeah, no. This okay. one is inside the train station. It's just gotcha. massive. The train station is basically also a mall. It's a good yeah, way yeah, to think yeah. about it. So if people don't know Grand Central Station, look it up. It's fascinating. It's yeah. a national landmark for sure. Yeah, you've seen it's, it in movies. Yeah, it's one of the most heavily trafficked probably places yeah. in the world on a daily basis between commuters, travelers, you know. People and especially yeah. in New York, a lot of people maybe outside the area and a lot of people inside the yeah. area don't think about the significance. But you have to realize too, um, Grand Central, on top of all the daily commuters coming in from primarily Long Island, because New Jersey people are going to come in to the other side. But you know, so you have train people who commute to Manhattan for all different purposes, like from the region. But that's the train out to Queens, which is where two of the three major airports that feed New York City yeah. come into Manhattan. So you have. People that are traveling to New York, unless they're taking a cab or an Uber or something directly from the airport to the hotel, they have to travel through Grand Station on their way in and out. And if you can imagine the traffic between JFK and LaGuardia on a given day, I mean, you know, you got to have your head examined. It's it's insane because of all the business that's being done. Yeah, that location is phenomenal. And, you know, I just... uh, A lot of international travelers, A lot of international. And also, I mean, when I worked in the city, that was uh, Apple Store. I would make uh, appointments at their Genius Bar to get, like, like, if I had a problem on my phone, I would just hop out the office, go there real quick to fix 
my phone. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a super convenient location. It's, I don't think Amazon real, I mean, Apple has a lot of locations that don't make money. Right. Uh, this one is probably one of their higher performing locations. Right. And I would imagine that's a big, uh, it's one a billboard of the, too. Well, yeah, it is. And that's probably one of the big reasons the workers there want to unionize is they feel they're right. not fairly compensated. Well, I think to the point I was trying to make before, and I, I realized I didn't tie this up well, ties into what you're saying now. And like what I said about the billboard, that's probably also why that one store, as opposed to others, all these reasons I listed, or why that one store was more ripe for unionizing as opposed to others. And that's a great pun because their union name is called the fruit stand workers United. There you go. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that. It's kind of stupid, but you know, (laughs) Hey, whatever it is, um, you know, good for them for getting, getting together. It is ripe, Yeah. (laughs) But you know, so there's a lot of, I think, uh, as far as the national dialogue around this goes, I think that location makes it important and all the factors I listed, like the fact that more than any other Apple store, maybe not more than some of the other ones, mm-hmm. but it, um, among the Apple stores, it's probably got a very good amount of international traffic of yes. you know high-end business executives coming in yeah. out of New York. So it's that is, those things aren't insignificant. Yeah. No, and you know, what I find interesting is the idea that you have a lot of these um you know you have a lot of these different unions forming today during the period of the great resignation which is i think the second time we've talked about it on this podcast probably yeah but that's what happens when something's turning but you have these unions and all these things forming during the great uh resignation now the i want to actually take a step back because these unions aren't formally formed yet so they're in the process. The and, Amazon union isn't either? No, the Amazon union one is. The Starbucks ones, there are... So why don't, why don't we do this? Before you explain what each one is in the process, give us a quick rundown on the process. Exactly. So the union process, the first step is the workers organize and they start having conversation around, we want to start a union. And this is just casual conversation just casual, in the workplace. Like, right, hey, but, Mike, we should right. we should organize. Yeah, and I know that doesn't sound like a formal step, but it's a really important step where you start organizing. And we'll come back to why that is, because that's often where you'll see most companies with their union busting start right. to, to attack. Well, it. legally, I think it's an important distinction, too, because the if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if you know I'm wrong or someone listening, but union organizations aren't allowed to go into businesses and lobby and picket, right? Doesn't it's, this have to be something that starts with the employees internally? And kind of because they. Oh no, it does. It has to be the individual employees. And so this is and what establishes right. And this is what establishes that this is an employee movement, not something being picketed from the outside. Exactly, because right. you have something like Workers United, which is the one that's behind the Starbucks and Apple unions. Right. That's a larger union that includes a lot of different companies. Uh, Mostly a retail. Of, a lot of workers at a lot of different companies. I believe retail and a couple other uh, right. segments. But when you have those things coming in, they can't go and just recruit more members by getting going in there to get store employees and say, hey, you guys should start a union. Right. It has to be, like you said, the employees in there. The next step is those employees at that company or at that location, they have to say, okay, let's actually hold a election of sorts. There's two elections that happen. This is the first one where they start to sign a union support card, which is them signing and saying a union is needed. And that step, and is, they can't be fired for sign for signing. They're not this, supposed they? to be right, right. But union busting is very right. It's uh, an art. There are people that are hired just it's, for oh, that. It's amazing, and some of the things. And you know, Starbucks got in trouble recently, where one of the things they did was they said, "Okay, we're not going to fire you, but we're going to take the people that are probably the most influential organizer organizers and put them into different shifts." 
So when right. one's working, the other one is off when the other one's working. So they don't have time either at the workplace or outside the workplace right. to communicate. So they, you know, that's one of the things they did, or they'll write them up for, you know, really vague infractions and fire them. Right. And so, but that's all to stop them from getting those union cards signed. Mm. Once they get those union cards signed, what's going to happen is those, then they're protected, basically. Almost. Right. right. Then that goes to the National Labor Relations Board. Right. Okay. So that is a government agency that is going to handle the actual formal election to form the union. So quick question. When they sign this card and they get everybody in agreement, is that done in association with one of the big labor groups or is this just saying hey we don't know what association we're going to affiliate with we just need something help us out government agency no so that that is done with one of those big things gotcha. uh the the amazon location in staten island they did it independently so they okay. formed their own union the they'll have things where they'll join like the workers united as a larger union they'll have right. them and those those uh working with those unions those larger union groups makes it easier because they have professional negotiators they know what companies can and can't do they have lawyers they have a lot of support and so that's where you know and they'll help do things like organize the election help protect you so it's almost a little risky from a you know a a execution standpoint to form your own smaller it is risky right it is risky because you know the next step is the election after right. the election, you have to negotiate. Right. And when you get into the negotiations, if you know if, if if you're talking just a group of retail workers at a Starbucks location, they have no idea what kind of you know. And again, maybe I'm painting with a pretty broad brush here, right, right. but I don't think they have ever had experience negotiating different healthcare plans. Right. right. I remember the episode of The Office where Dwight had to choose the healthcare plan for right. all the employees, and no one really knew what was going on. Even for me, you know, I think everybody struggles with this when it comes time to choose a healthcare plan at a new job. Well, yeah, because it's like what's the di- <laughs> what's the difference between copay, coinsurance, deductible? Right. Like you know, it, yeah. and a good plan for one person is good for another right like some people like to have a high deductible and what is a deductible to begin with is super confusing for a lot of people so that's where having those um those in there now or having those that help from the larger unions is helpful and so the uh the apple location right now they're at the step where they got those union support cards Mm -hmm. signed and there's i don't know if they actually submitted them to the national uh labor relations but actually you know what let me just check their website fruit stand workers uh, <laughs> food stand workers oh I, I mean listen I, I'm always a fan of a big pun uh, but they started card signing big pun great rapper so, also from the New York City area yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah so they started the card signing process so once they get that signed they're going to send it to the National Labor Relations Board along with the help of the Workers United Union okay yep and then the Starbucks stores uh, there are now we have uh, about 19 that have won so far, two in the last couple of weeks. And that was a, uh, that was a really interesting, uh, thing development because you're kind of seeing a pretty good push coming in now where a lot of, you know, Starbucks stores, you know, uh, there's over 200 that have moved to form unions across the country. Okay. Well, so to, 200 of how many stores? Do we know that number? It's thousands. Right. Yeah, that's there's, a nine, there's about 9,000 company-owned stores for Starbucks. They're not a franchise. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah, it's a lot. 
So, I mean, at that point, though, I feel like once, and I don't know the actual logistics of this, but there's got to be a tipping point where once enough stores in the system unionize, it's just got to... Well, it makes it easier, right? Because what what you have is with the Amazon warehouse location, for example, that warehouse is at risk because they could decide to say, okay, we're not, you know, congratulations, you won your election. Amazon is currently in the... We're shutting it down. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they can decide to uh, just shut it down. And but when you have, you know, right now at Starbucks, they have 9000 stores. If 200 of them successfully unionize, it's going to be very hard for them to say we're going to shut down 200 stores. And that does get you in trouble. Now, it's you know, it's kind of hard to disguise it right. as anything but union busting. And so you'll have a less likely outcome of them successfully right. undermining the unions. Okay. But, so now that we have a quick rundown on the process, yes. right? That's it. Where, where is each of those companies at? So Starbucks has in the process of organizing yes. 200 stores. They have not signed cards yet or they have? No. So there are 200 stores have moved to form. Um, there what does are, that mean move to form? Th- so they've at least gotten to the card, uh, the card signing process. Oh, so there's more going through the overall process, but 200 have reached that step. Yes. Okay. Right. And so that's interesting. And 19 have already won, have already formed unions with Workers United. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so oh, so it that, that's a... That's a, a rolling, you that's, know, that's, that's, that's a rolling happening. stone. It's, it, I mean, unions are, I, I don't know if it's too early to say they're or making a comeback, snowball, but Ro- they're coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting for sure. Um, well, I mean, you know, that's, and another episode we talked about doing is about inflation, things like that. I mean, I think yeah. it was only a matter of time that something uh, yeah. happened. So, all right. So that's where Starbucks is at. Where's Apple at? The Apple at, this, the Grand Central location is the only store to do it so far. They're just signing cards. Okay. Uh, so they're at that step. So that looks like it'll probably be done. Yeah. And um, so Amazon. Amazon is-, is a little interesting because you have the Staten Island location that did it through the Amazon Labor Union. You may have heard about the Bessemer location, I believe that was in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, that location, they are. Uh, another warehouse, right? Yeah, they're mm-hmm. another warehouse. They're going through a lot. Amazon got in trouble because when they held their election, Amazon was kind of exposed as having interfered in that election. Right. I remember that. And that one's going through a different union. You know, they're not doing the Amazon labor union, which is, you know, I think fascinating because you have all the different locations and each location has to go through the union process on their own. Right. So that kind of undermines their own efforts, though, because if it's so fragmented, like so, it, l- l- my question then would be this, and uh, this probably you probably don't have an answer for this, but just something to think about: are let's say a hundred locations organized under one union organization is better, better than, than you know two hundred organized under two hundred separate? Exactly, because you have, and it's all about collective bargaining, right. right? If Amazon, let's just say we could snap our fingers, and Amazon had to worry about every single one of its employees at every single warehouse walking off the job at the same time, right? That gives them well, a lot the more power leverage, th- leverage than if it was just a Staten Island location, right? right? And that's the power strikes. Yeah. So yeah, no unions are. Uh, it's it's interesting. I think you know if you're going to talk to people about unions, you've got enough information now. Um, yeah. And so thanks for tuning in to Knowledge. So I think this is something we should definitely keep an eye on. Maybe we'll do some updates here. Um, you know, we do have an update episode coming probably next week. We'll drop a quick little five-minute thing. Um, you know, we were thinking about doing it today, but I feel like we're just still too early in. Yeah. And uh, there will probably be re- more news in the next few days anyway, so we don't want to yeah. have to do two and three updates on something. Yeah, no, but- we'll, we'll do that. And, and just and not to not be cage, you were talking about the Elon Musk. Right. Uh, Twitter uh, shabaco. Right. So, so, but it's cool. All right. 
Thanks right. and for listening to Knowledge Bombs. Like, comment, give us a rating on Spotify yes. and Apple Podcasts. More importantly, yeah. we need those ratings. Subscribe, tell your friends. And, and uh, uh, shoot us a note if there's any topics you want us to cover. Yeah. Check in next time. Thanks. Right.